Thank you for checking out the Long Run Podcast. Let's be honest, life is hard and it can sometimes be just as confusing as it is exciting. Whether you're gearing up for your first job, preparing for a new semester of college, searching for a spouse, or you're just working to pay off your debt. As you jump life's hurdles, you can easily begin to lose sight of what race you're even running. Our heart behind this podcast is to help you make your life count in the long run of eternity by discussing how to passionately love Jesus and follow Him daily. With that being said, here's the next episode of the Long Run Podcast. I'm sitting across a table from the man himself. Do you prefer Isaac O. Weston or do you prefer Isaac Weston? Either or. Either or. You can go by Isaac. You know, I I always, it's ingrained in my mind, Isaac O. Weston. This man's obsessed with his middle name. And Uh I, because I I knew you on Instagram and social media before Uh I ever actually met you. So when I met you, I was like, Isaac O. Weston. Yeah, that's the name, man. I think I started a, a Twitter junior year of high school. And for some reason, I never had any social media and I did it because I had an FCA mm-hmm. at my high school. So I started a Twitter to do stuff for FCA and I made it Isaac O. Weston for some reason. Don't even know why, because I never even wrote my name like that. And then it just stuck. So at that point I came to college, I got an Instagram, got a Facebook in college. And then you really branded yourself at that point. I was already Isaac O. Weston and then people were calling me that on the hall. So I was like, <laughs> well, this is it. This is the life I chose. So, Well, Isaac O. Weston, you are yeah. the first kind of interview here on the podcast for a kind of not really a series that we're doing but we're rotating it every other week where one week it's me and cliff diving into a topic but then i sit down with the guest every other week and we talk about their life and what it looks like to be a radical christian and just the ordinary everyday life and so for those of you who don't know isaac which are probably many of you but there's probably a lot of you here from isaac's audience because you know he has a podcast called the cattle call podcast a little bit yeah new brand new man which we'll get to in a second. But if you don't know Isaac, uh, Isaac, I told him to send me his uh, Twitter bio, essentially. And uh, he's a Christian, American writer, speaker, and host of the Cattle Call podcast. That's right, And man. so uh, did we first meet each other spring break? I think when you brought your sister. Yeah. Like actually shook hands. Yeah. But I think mm-hmm. we followed each other on Instagram you were prior lot, to that. You were a lot taller than I thought you would be. Same for yeah, were you. I think you're taller than me. <laughs> How tall are you? Six one. Oh, Barely. you gotta be taller than that. Yeah. How tall are you? Six, six two. Like right at six two. Uh, you're, you're taller than me. You're Maybe it's your hair. Your hair spiky. You're taller than me physically and spiritually. This is. Why I don't I'm know about you, that. Man. This is why yeah. I'm bringing you on the podcast. <laughs> we'll find out. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. You you brought your sister uh-huh. Annabelle Annabelle Weston, which is already for those of you already heard it. It's weird that y'all's last name is my first name, and uh, we're not even gonna get into the whole debate if Weston is a first name or a last name because I don't want to prove you wrong on here and embarrass you in front of my audience. Yeah, thank you. Actually, I yeah. don't want you to embarrass yeah. me in front of my audience. I hate to have you on and do the same to you. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I met you for the first time. You brought your sister up. We were going on a mission trip down to Panama City, Florida. And I think we've been around each other three or four different times. Uh-huh. Uh, we have something, we're now kind of close. We have something in common that we're neighbors now. Next door neighbors, yeah. And uh, now I know why the reason why my house is so messed up because you lived in the house prior to me, right? That's about as clean as that house has ever been, is <laughs> when you guys moved in, man. We, we did y'all a favor. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So as you can tell, uh, starting off the interview and the guest for this new series we're kind of doing here, um, didn't have a lot of talent to choose from if I'm just going for my next door neighbor first. Yeah. No kidding, dude. (laughs) Only up from here. That's exactly right. Well, Isaac, tell us a little bit about yourself. I kind of hinted at a few different things, Uh but give us a little short, uh, your short bio about yourself. Short bio, man. Well, uh, yeah, Christian, Christian first for sure. I just, uh, 
I guess I just hit 13 years officially mm-hmm. back in April. Kind of, I always mark it the day I was baptized is when I started my walk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And uh, just, a, just a quick little tiny testimony. So I was like raised in the church, always believed it for years, like believed the gospel, believed the word of God. But I knew kind of like the gravity of accepting that and like the repentance, confess, like all of that. I knew there, this was a big decision. So I was like, well, no, I'm too young. I can't, or I can't actually know it. Like I need to know more so I can make sure I'm making like the right decisions. And I'm right. in a good spot. So for years knew it. And then at 10 years old, I went to my, um, like Sunday school teachers, talked to them about getting baptized. I told my parents, of course they're proud, but like, all right, well you need to know. So I went through a four week pre-baptism class, really? got baptized April 29, 2007, again, 10 years old. And then, um, went on a four week post baptism class. <laughs> so nice. I was like, all right, here's all you stuff you learned. Now you did it. Now here you apply it. And then, I mean, from there, man, just by the grace of God, just mm-hmm. have, have a, had a good walk with the Lord. Um, just a lot of great opportunities. Awesome. And so, yeah, so just one of those where it was just deeply ingrained. Of course mm-hmm. you can't really, I mean, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, it's not hard to be a Christian Right. going to high school. Even then it wasn't all that hard. But now you started seeing that mm-hmm. people were Christian were living differently. So you have to start stepping up, right. being a leader. So that kind of was what led me to Memphis. So I ended up choosing Memphis over Alabama and Tennessee. I knew the Lord um, was, I knew he's directing me here because Memphis came out of nowhere. Nobody, I was one of two people from my high school that came to Memphis. Nobody comes here. And where were you living at? at the, where are you from? Uh, south of Nashville. Okay. So like three hours from here. It's like the southern suburbs. And uh, yes, yeah, so I was going to school there in a town called Thompson Station. It's like Thompson Station, Franklin Line, mm-hmm. that area. And then, uh, so yeah, nobody comes out here. So, but I knew the Lord was bringing me here and came out and got involved with campus outreach for a few years. And then I did downline ministry just last mm-hmm. year, which is what you're in now. Right. We, we live right. in the same house. So that, yeah. So of course, Christian man and just proud American love for America really grew though. When I went overseas for the first time mm-hmm. on missions, cause it was one where you, know, you spent a month overseas and you saw the stuff that you've taken for granted mm-hmm. and always have loved America. But that was like, okay. Uh, you know, we really have, we are a blessed country. We need to start using all the stuff we've been given to help. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, that, but you know, a lot of stuff's going on now in America. And so you got to remember you're a Christian before anything else, but right. on top of that, like we're also Americans. We've got to be united. I mean, if there's Americans hurting or, you know, doing good, it's like, all right, we gotta, we gotta do that. And then you had to start a cattle call, um, probably about less than two months ago. It's but, blown up, hasn't it? More than I thought. A lot of like good it's, not, it's probably not long run big. I just but. listened to your uh, Smoke and Mirrors, uh, August 2020. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that's kind of like your recap for the month. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. reflection, yeah. And uh, you were sitting outside here in the backyard, and I was that's like, right, I should have went out there and started the lawnmower. Hey, yeah. neighbor. <laughs> you wanted to cut your grass? <laughs> Thank you for cutting your grass at 1130 at night, Weston. Yeah. Oh, was that when you recorded it? Mm-hmm, yeah. That's why the bugs were so loud. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay, it's late, that makes man. Sense. Yeah. Smoking a cigar. I'm a big cigar guy. Uh-huh, yeah. So, of course, my, my logo, like here on the mug. It's the, it's the bull with the cigar. Yeah. So yeah. And that's interview style, but it's not, you know, just Christian. You can check it. I know you've been listening to it. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I yeah. need to add cigar connoisseur right oh, here dude. in the bio Come right on, there. Baby. Yeah. Yeah. Getting there. <laughs> They're foreign to me. So like, I'm yeah. like, I'm asking you all these details and stuff. So. Dude. Hey, come on over anytime. If you ever want to try one. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. So these, I keep calling them interviews because it's just easier to say yeah. these interviews that we're going to do every week. And I'm speaking, you know, to the person listening right now, like we have Isaac on today. Mm-hmm. Well, each interview guest being on, so to speak, is centered around uh, one question essentially, and it's what has been one of the most influential things you have learned in your life that has impacted you, shaped who you are, 
and your walk with God. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we talked a little bit prior before this, and you've really got some some two big things, I think, right, that have right. really molded you and kind of been over the surface of your life uh, as you've grown in maturity and spiritual maturity. And so whatever you got to share with us today, Isaac, let's get into it. Cool, man. Um, yeah, so kind of like the way you worded it when we were, when we were talking about it yesterday. Um, so and a lot of it is, is kind of just what's fresh on my mind now. Okay. Like when I look back, mm -hmm. like the first one I talked about, that's been probably about two years in the works. And then, yeah, I mean, so it's all like, it hasn't been your whole life, but then you look back and you can kind of pinpoint, okay, this has been a theme right. or this has been something I reflected on. And one that I keep thinking about, um, for the last few years is how like God as a whole, like the God of the Bible, the God that we serve, like when he created everything, I've kind of just traced it down to like beauty and order are the two mm -hmm. like facets to it almost best way to describe it. Cause when mm -hmm. you think about anything that he did, whether you think about marriage, whether you think about just like nature, like actually animals or stuff happening at the molecular level, or you think about something like the gospel, like mm -hmm. the act of the gospel. And you start thinking about, okay, what are something that all these things have in common? And it was like, all of them have a perfect order. Like there's a perfect design to it and nothing like, um, sways from that design. Mm -hmm. And if, of course, if it does, there's consequences, but like here it is. And when you follow it, it's perfect. Like it's a perfect order of things. But on top of that, it wasn't just this one, you know, oh, it works. And that's all there is to it. Like, but it works and it looks good doing it, mm -hmm. you know? So like whether it actually is like creation, like the landscape, something like that. Um, or again, like the gospel. And you think about like the beauty of what the gospel is. Do mm -hmm. you think, yeah, there's probably other ways if you think about like what it, what it, did as a sacrifice, you probably could have done it, but you think like what, who God is one who loves beauty mm -hmm. and loves order. That's the only way he could have done it. Right. right? So that's kind of one thing you've seen. And when you see stuff like marriage and just a quick little tidbit, I wrote a column, um, about a year and a half ago, I was in it for the Memphis paper and, um, it was me and the editor in chief. So that's like top dog of your paper. Mm -hmm. And so we were doing an opinion column and him and I would kind of give our views on certain issues. And he was gay and very like outspoken activist for LGBTQ stuff. Mm -hmm. And they brought me on cause I'm about one of the only, probably the only like main like conservative dude in an apartment. Mm -hmm. People know, like I talk right. about God, I talk about conservatism, talk about second amendment, <laughs> whatever it is. So I'm surprised you, know, like, you were actually still there. Yeah. <laughs> they keep trying to get rid of me. I'm yeah. like, no, no, you're seven. Uh, so, but yeah, so they, one of, one of my friends who was in the paper running like sports stuff and he now works in, worked in Iowa. Now he's back in Memphis. He said, well, if we want to have these different schools of thought, let's bring Isaac on because mm. no one's thinking this way. So let's start having it. Well, anyway, Nick, the editor in chief and I are talking and at one point we we're talking about marriage and really when you start to think about it, it's not like, oh no, marriage is only between a man and a woman because mm -hmm. that's what God says and that. Right. What you think about, okay, what, what works Like, what's the order behind it? Mm -hmm. And there's more to just marriage between a man and a woman. Right. Cause I was telling him is like, so he, I think he was asking about, do I not think gay people have the right to be married? Mm -hmm. It's like, well, that that's not, I'm not, I'm not talking about that. Here's what right. I'm saying. Cause constitutionally that's, that's a tough topic. Mm -hmm. Right. But I'm thinking, okay, here's what I believe in with marriage. Cause now it, cause it, it, to them, it asserts to their value. Right. You know, oh yeah. Which yeah. it doesn't at all. And it's know? your, and it's your identity as a person. Right. 
And like when you don't have that, like you don't have access to that, now that's somebody taking your identity from you. Right. So that's, and that's what's tough because then you got to, again, like, yeah, you got to let them know, like, well, no, that's not what we're trying to do at all. Right. So what I was telling them is like, I just believe there's one perfect design and it's that a man and a woman come together and in a perfect world, they have, you know, no relationships, no mess ups, like mm-hmm. no sexual immorality. There, there's nothing. They remain pure. They come together. They get married. They stay married. Right. They have kids within that marriage and they raise those kids and then right. they never get divorced. Right. Like that's the perfect order. Mm-hmm. So anything that like derives off of that, but doesn't follow that is wrong. Right. So like, even if you go and get married and then you get divorced, that's still wrong. Right. Or if it's two men or two women, like that's still wrong. Or if you got married, had kids or had kids before you got married, whatever it is, anything that deviates from that mm-hmm. is wrong. So when you think about, okay, that's not mean to say there's only one right way. Right. It's when you look at it, okay, look at the beauty of that order and look at how perfect that order works. And there's all the, you know, sociological like stats that back all that up. Exactly. Yeah. Then you go, okay, then this order works. So then you start seeing themes like that. And that's when you start really like, okay, Christianity is really not that complex. Mm -hmm. And the reason like it does work when you think about it is like it follows that order because that order works. Right. Because this is how he created everything that encompasses what his creation should do. And so right. when, like, I mean, you essentially said it when creation follows the plan of the creator, things for your life are naturally going to mm-hmm. progress and be successful mm-hmm. in a way right. and not success with money, but success is within achieve your, achieving your goals. Right. And I'm not saying if you just follow the Bible, you're going to be successful because we know that's not right yeah. because uh, you can't control yeah. what's going to happen in this sinful and fallen world. Absolutely. And there are consequences from all the other outliers outside of your bubble in your mm-hmm. life. And that's just how it is. And sometimes, you know, God leads you to places for there to be trials and for you to grow. So very true. But that's interesting that you you bring that up because I thought I remember the first time I thought that as well and kind of not discovered it, but learned that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's not because people and, and we're not going to change the minds of unbelievers because right. it's foolishness to them. It's a stumbling block to them. They don't they don't understand it because they haven't been born again. And but when you see their perspective, they, their perspective is, okay, here's my world because it's man-centered rather than right. God-centered because that's just how it is. That's how it was for both of us at yeah, one point in our life. Absolutely. I have a similar testimony of you. Ten years old when I was age. Uh, April, I was April as well, but two years later, 2009, I got saved. Okay. And uh, been, Yeah, it's the same age, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and uh, so people view that, though, is, well, the Bible just came into my life. Uh-huh. It came into my world and it's saying, do not do this and you can do this and do mm-hmm. not do this. And it's just a rule book and it's like, no, it, it's it's wrong because God says it isn't because it just right and it doesn't work with His creation, and so that's a very yeah. good thing you bring up because that that affects so many different things. Uh, the funniest thing you think about, I think you're going to lead into this as well, is like uh-huh. the consequences when you don't follow that pattern. Yeah, yeah. And people think it's always just like, oh, God's got me in this storm, and they try to like over spiritualize it, which you know they're like the the battle is not a flesh and blood. Right. I think that's Paul. Right. I think so. We'll say it. Oh, yeah. We can fact check it <laughs> later. It can, sounds uh, like he would say it. Yeah, somebody can fact check yeah. us when they listen to this. But the war we wage is not flesh and blood, but it's mm-hmm. spiritual. But sometimes you, sounds like Paul, yeah. Yeah, you know, that Paul guy. Uh-huh. But sometimes people over-spiritualize things, right? Mm-hmm. Being like, oh, you know, I robbed a bank and did all this stuff, and I'm in jail now. And he's like praying to God, God, I know you just got me in this storm right now. It's like, yeah. buddy, you just broke the law. Yeah, God, <laughs> I know you wanted to provide for me in that bank. And I was trying to be faithful and take what was my provision. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know about that, man. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely consequences, good and bad. And and, and kind of, yeah, just thinking about that too. 
where we all we feel entitled, which is tough because like as an American and with all the stuff going on now, like everybody, you know, ourselves included, like you feel entitled to something because I know we think, okay, I hey God, I've like I've been a good little Christian. You got to throw me a bone here. Like God doesn't, you know. And it's like, oh, I'm an American who's been given like these liberties and been entrusted with responsibility. Therefore, this country needs to serve me. And it's like, well, no, it doesn't. Right. So it's like there's this, like this form of entitlement, and you look at that as like, okay, that's the depravity of man. That's mm-hmm. a, that's definitely a man issue because everybody's struggling with it. But then you think about how um, you have to at some point, like you do have to go out and get it. Like, yeah, if God, like I think one time when I was talking about God providing. And I needed, I needed a job. I was like home for summer. Mm-hmm. Stuff just wasn't working out. I had like three jobs. Like I was one, one for one, went to the next one and stuff kept like just fizzling out. Couldn't right. get like a good job. Like, and I had stuff to pay for or whatever. And you're thinking about, like, you know, God, God says he's going to provide for the birds of the air. So how much more do they provide for you? And you're thinking about, yeah, that's true. Like God will provide for the birds. Of course, he'll take care of like us, his favorite creation. Mm-hmm. But at some point, like those birds have to like leave their nest and go hunt. Right. Like they still have to be proactive, mm-hmm. you know? So it's not like a, you know, come serve me. And then you have people that are like, I'm not being proactive. Right. And therefore, yeah. So like, then you're sitting there going like, oh yeah, like I know that's what God's word said. And like when it doesn't come to fruition, you think, mm-hmm. oh, God's word is null and void. But we know God's word is not return void. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, but if you're sitting there idle doing nothing. And so like part of those consequences too. Yeah. When you over spiritualize like oh yeah like this is just like i'm just in a in a very rough season now i'm just going through a valley and you're like yeah i know co- i mean yeah covid's tough like it's it's mm-hmm. you know messed up a lot of things but at the same time like we've been given the means and and the responsibility like okay step up and you got to be proactive you mm-hmm. know you can't just sit there and like oh god's just gonna provide by me sitting alone in my house all day doing nothing right you know yeah so i think yeah definitely think it's a good point there's definitely the natural consequences good and bad to it like yeah the animals don't get up and hunt they're not gonna they're gonna die right like god provided for them and they they didn't go out and get it you know Mm -hmm. i think there's a i think we mentioned this on a few episodes back and i can't remember who is it saint augustine i don't want to i don't want to miscredit but uh uh pray like it's all on god but work like it's all on you i don't Uh know i'm sure you've heard that before yeah i don't know if it's augustine but yeah maybe (laughs) it sounds good it could be me i don't know (laughs) weston downing nice (laughs) But yeah, man, that's that's a good point. And there was another thing that you'd mentioned, something that you had picked up on. So realizing that there are real consequences, mm-hmm. consequences, consequences, huh. there are real consequences for not going in line with creation and even, right. the, and even the word of God. And then there's the balance of maybe over-spiritualizing that. Uh, but there was one more thing that you mm-hmm. mentioned, something that you've really learned and that's kind of helped mold you into who you are. What, what, what was that when we were talking about it? Was it the uh, second part or still with the beauty and order? There was the other part about the story of the missionary. I don't know if that's what you referred to. If you weren't finished with this train of thought, go ahead with the uh, beauty and order. Did you have something to speak to beauty and order still? Um, I don't know. Not off the top of my head. Let me, I, mean, I can look. I can talk about the missionary. I think I would, real quick, yeah, I was thinking was about another, your, what was your second point? The second thing that you had learned. Yeah, it had to. Yeah, it had to do with the missionary. It had to do with the missionary. Yeah, that was the okay. second one. Yeah. Um. So there's a story I learned a couple years ago about a guy named A.W. Milne. Mm-hmm. And he, I'm th- pretty sure it was like 1800s or like late 17, early 1800s, I want to say. Yeah, so he died in 1822. And he was from Scotland. And he went somewhere in the Southern Pacific. I, I don't know if I remember specifically. I know it was like, you know, somewhere. Yeah, some islands. Well, okay, long story short, this guy named A.W. Milne, they had a couple waves of missionaries 
go down to this part of the world again this is you know 1700s mm-hmm. and it was at the point where like they would show up and these missionaries would show up to these islands and they would just get massacred and they kept sending them and like they may go and, and make it a week or a month just i mean a very small amount of time but overall like they would end up getting killed and maybe they they start like softening the hearts of the these people and these tribes but yeah it always worked out they got killed well there's this young guy college aged out of scotland and he feels the call to go down to the, the you know southern pacific and of course everyone's thinking like dude we know what's going to happen it keeps happening to everybody well he goes down there and again it's a bunch of just like jungle warfare and he gets down there and just starts sharing with these tribes and again they're very lost mm-hmm. like they're not they're not haven't been infiltrated at all like the christians keep coming but they're not receptive to the gospel at all so they're still stuck in their ways well, he goes down there and he ends up living the rest of his life till he dies of natural causes, which was still young at the time. You're like, mm-hmm. you know, less than 40 when you're dying. So he goes down there young, spends like at least a decade down there sharing the gospel with them. And he was the only man. I'm pretty sure people came and visited, but he was like the only main foreigner there. It was pretty much him and these tribes. Mm-hmm. And he died of natural causes and they buried him and gave him a, a funeral. And on his tombstone, they wrote when he came there was no light when he left there was no darkness Shoot. and that was one that like when i heard that story i was like wow because that's a great quote but on top of that it was written like about you yeah and not only was it written about you it was written about you by a bunch of people that hated the people that came before you right and so you're thinking like and it's tough because you see stuff going on in the world today like you know missionaries getting killed you're like man are they being naive are they being foolish mm-hmm. but then you think I mean, maybe they're being those faithful ones that they know they got to go and just lay the groundwork. Like right. they know I'm probably going to get martyred. But if my death means that the next dude who comes behind me will get to live out the rest of his or her days here, right? then I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Um, but like hearing that story, man, like just having that written. And I'm, I'm, as far as I remember, most of those people, if not all of them, like came to Christ, which is why yeah. they wrote that about him. And just, I mean, what a powerful, like, sentiment that is to have written about your life so that was one that occasionally i'll reflect on that i'll i think kind of keep that quote Mm -hmm. in the back of my mind knowing that no matter what job you're going into you know working a lot of different jobs since i've heard that and then like wherever you're at whatever city you're in whatever place you're in a mission trip whatever like just just go you know there's gonna be darkness like make it the goal that when you leave there is no darkness Mm -hmm. like be that open to the lord like that obedient that he can use you to do it is there times that you've struggled with that mindset of like, oh, I want to come in here and do this, be the light. I mean, we all have. We all, because yeah. we're not trying to conform to the world. And you're walking around, you're getting dirty in the world. Right, I right. mean, of course, you're you're going to be like, catch yourself and be like, oh, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. I yeah. mean, because we're, we're still living in the flesh. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, speak to that a little bit. Like, how do you, do you just keep it on the forefront of your mind? I mean, prayerfully walking and all those uh-huh. things. But how have you challenged to kind of keep that that mindset? Man, sometimes, of course, you, you uh, recognize you're not doing it. And that's when you remember it again. You're mm-hmm. like, what, what am I doing? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't keep it at the forefront as much as I'd like to. Yeah. Usually I got to keep scripture, of course, like right. you know, I'll write scripture on my arm or I'll have something memorized. Um, but it's kind of maybe one like I'll reflect like my summer. I just had a nice five month summer cause I was home working mm-hmm. during coronavirus. So I just got to, you know, be around these dudes and some I already knew some I'd never even met until, until I was working and I worked with like one other Christian and then another one got there later. And then just found out last week, one of the dudes that I, I got to know and got close with and was sharing with, um, 
came to Christ oh, really? last week oh, that's awesome. by the only other Christian at the company, my buddy Jake, and yeah. they run an out-of-state move, worked at a moving company, and then um, he came to Christ on the drive. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's cool to see this one of those where, okay, like you're starting to see the darkness starting to get pushed out, you know? And then there, there were little instances like people would say something encouraging, and then you think, okay, like we're, we're really doing this thing. Because, right. you know, it's tough. You don't want to be results-based, but at mm-hmm. the same time, you're like, you know, I'm talking to them, great conversation. I'm sharing with dudes. Right. I feel like we're some, somehow making an impact, but you're not, you're not seeing anything mm-hmm. until there's like those little bit of encouragement. That's a reminder of, okay, you know, like stay the course. Right. You know, yeah. Like hope that answered your question. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, you're, we want to see those results because yeah. I mean, we're humans. Like, oh yeah, I think man. the only people that are not results based and they're human are like just the laziest people in the world. I mean, that, yeah. I mean, if you're not like, we all want to see something for our work. Like, yeah, you absolutely. expect a paycheck for your work. You know, if you're working yeah. to share the gospel, it's like I really want to see them saved, yeah. not just because I'm working, but hopefully it's from my heart uh, for the lost, which is something I completely right. uh, struggle with. I was having a conversation with my roommate, and I was like, man, I was like. I'm not trying to be like the super spiritual guy, but I'm like really trying to be for real right now. I was like, you know, why don't we not just like, like weep over the lost? Oh yeah. I was like, because like we should care a lot more. Yeah. Where I at least should care a lot more than we do about like, you know, Paul saying uh-huh. that he would give them his heaven yeah, if they right. could take their hair. I was like, to be honest, man, and yeah, I'll tr- do my best to share the gospel. It's honestly, sometimes I live like I don't care most yeah. of the time. And you see a guy like what was that? Was it A Z? To- what was his what was name? That? The missionary. A W Milne. M I L N E. I totally yeah. butchered that name. No, you're thinking yeah, Tozer though. He's a good yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. Is it A W Tozer? Is that yeah, his yeah. name? Okay. Well, yeah, theologian. We're, we're not talking about him, but say his name one more time. A W Milne. A W Milne. Yeah. Milne. Think yeah. about being that guy. And you said it was 1700s. Yeah, it was like late 1700s, and then he died. Online it said he died 1822. I mean, well, first of all, I can't even begin to enter his life and what type yeah. of life he's living. But I figure, I figure, like going somewhere is where he went to South America. Where did he go? It was like, it was like southern Southeast Asia, somewhere oh, down Southeast. in oh, the. Okay, uh, okay. It was like in the islands. Somewhere. Yeah, as you can tell, I'm not a very good active listener. Hey, that's all right, dude. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm like, imagine traveling somewhere like back then. Like now, it's oh, a big man. day to us. Like you tell your parents you want to go become a missionary. Like they're probably like, well, I want you to be faithful to God, but not that faithful. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's typically what you see in like most yeah, like Bible Bible Belt churches. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and you know, it's kind of sad, but. You know, and you got to feel for the parents too. It's like I don't want my, you know, oh, I want to see know, my man. kid. Like, yeah. But imagine me and this guy, and it's like he knew what he was going into. Yeah. Like, can you imagine that? And knowing, and even like too, he didn't like he wasn't killed, but he spent the remainder of his life away from his home, away from the people he'd known, to be faithful to the people there mm-hmm. that he yeah thought would never accept. And so even though he wasn't killed, he also he's in a whole new place with a whole new people the entire time. Right. Which is also, I mean, think about the sacrifice on that end too, you know, top of like just your life, the risk of losing your life too. Right. And I do believe like God definitely puts a calling on people's lives for things that are difficult. And I'd say two areas that require like your, like the Christian life requires like your life literally. Right. Romans, Romans 12, one or 12, two, but that Mm -hmm. your life would be your true act of worship. Yeah. Your true act of worship is a living sacrifice. So no, you don't have to be a pastor or a missionary to live this radical Christian life, but that's Mm -hmm. what's kind of the beauty of this, even though I will probably have some pastors and missionaries on, but the, how do you be the radical ordinary Christian? Cause is that really what, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to go somewhere, even though the nations need to be, uh, you know, on our mind and something that we, that are in view. Um, 
but how do we live in a sense of like being this radical Christian in the ordinary uh, day of life? Uh-huh. And I, I fully believe though that God calls you to do people. I'm trying to get to this mm-hmm. as far as your career goes and in your whole life. He calls people to be pastors. He calls people to be missionaries. And that's where my line of thinking is with that right now. And I'm sure, you know, he calls other people to do different things, but he, right. I, he fully calls those people to do those things because who would want to do that? You know, like right. who would want to shepherd the flock and take the responsibility of that who would want to leave their family? Like, and I feel like with that call, your desires are aligned with God as well. Mm-hmm. The more I learn about it, because I think we're kind of navigating this conversation of, um, when things are spiritual and when it's like yeah. a decision you make, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right, Isaac. So tell me, tell me the missionaries quote one more time. Okay. So it's like the epitaph on his tombstone. Mm-hmm. And it says, when he came, there was no light. When he left, there was no darkness. So practically, mm-hmm. how has that looked for you? Like, I know, like mm-hmm. you mentioned a few instances, but for the people like listening right now, yeah. like if you're trying to change a perspective, change uh, the, the way they view them going into the world, like mm-hmm. how does that look? Yeah, Man, um, one thing I learned uh, you'll probably cover this year in downline when they talk about the great commission, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, you know, go forth and make disciples of all nations. And usually what we, we kind of misinterpret Of course I'm guilty of it too. It sounds like, okay, like you got to go, whether it's a faraway place or a new part, or like the next chapter of your life. Like when you go there, like start focusing on like making disciples, but the original like scripture is saying, as you go make disciples. Mm-hmm. And that was just one of those things I had to hear where it was like, okay, that, that is so it, like, it, it takes so much pressure off mm-hmm. because it's not like I have to make some big grand trip or I have to wait till a certain time when I'm like, I've exercised enough faith muscles. Right. Now I'm strong. I can do <laughs> like, just do it as you go, right. you know? And, uh, there's one thing, just a real quick story I've seen practically. So, uh, man, we, we could talk all about a lot of different great jobs I've gotten to do, but I wanted to, so I worked at an architect, two different architecture firms and loved it. But I hit a point where I was just like, I got out of architecture. I was, I still working for a firm, but I was like home for the summer and I wanted, it was the same time I was praying for a new job. And I was like, okay, I, I'm usually working in an office. I'm usually looking at a computer. I'm not a big fan of either of those things. I like doing, I want to go out. I'm young. Mm-hmm. I'm able-bodied. I want to do something like learn a trade or something. And uh, I ended up getting lead up with a moving company and it was very, very small, very small local company in Nashville. It ended up being like me and my boss about almost every move we'd have a couple others sometimes but we did i mean we'd go knock at these houses together well we worked a ton and got real close well i came back that next summer and had my whole summer mapped out about working with this guy and he's not a christian at all Mm -hmm. wouldn't claim to be at all we had some great conversations but we were not you know sitting there on the uh, on the same plane but uh stuff got really bad really quickly i ended up having to quit the job Really? Yeah, it was it was that bad. Some other people were brought in. There's a lot of like hardcore drugs involved. There's a lot of different like lifestyles involved. There's a lot mm-hmm. of just like dishonesty mm-hmm. from what I can still like recollect. But it ended up I mean this is early. I mean I talked I probably worked like less than a month for the dude out of like a nice little four month stint I could work. And I had it all in my mind of like just getting to travel with this guy and talk at work and hopefully like this guy would come to Christ because he's like ten years older, maybe. Mm-hmm. Great dude. But just honestly, just at a mess, and and uh, got to. I mean, went up there, talked to him one more time, got my last paycheck, and just told him, 
I pulled him in the back room and just told him, you know, that was it. I'm done. Of course, try to be as like, I prayed a ton, try to be as like, you know, gracious and like mm-hmm. graceful with it as I could. And, you know, he understood completely. He knew my lifestyle, what I believed in stuff. And it was one of those moments for the end. I was like, all right, I mean, I, I gotta, I gotta know that he heard because who knows right? The, the path he's headed down and all the people around him and what's going on. I may never see the guy again and share the gospel with him. Cause he, I mean, he knew my beliefs, but it was like, I want, I want to make it clear right. that there's no doubt anywhere. The urgency. Of yeah. This. That like, yeah. I know that you heard it mm-hmm. and I know, you now know the reason for the, like my work ethic and my attitude and like my length, whatever it was, the stuff that you may have admired or just saw that was different. Right. Like this was why. And I know you're going through a lot and this is the only solution and it's the most important thing over here and you needed to know it. And of course we were crying and hugged each other goodbye and all that stuff. But I immediately started with a new moving company, the one I was just at most recently. Thankfully, that worked out where I knew the people mm-hmm. had a ton of experience. With the last one I came in as a crew lead, but that like that one moment kind of changed my perspective on being a Christian wherever you are. Because it was one of those where I go, I never know the last day I'll get to work with anybody, right? Especially in a job like that, a lot of young dudes, a lot of turnover rate, and you, yeah, that's you got to have an IQ of about six to do moving, because <laughs> you need about one smart guy in the crew that makes sure nothing goes wrong. <laughs> But then you just need a bunch of people that can lift heavy things. Yeah. I mean, you can tell them where to set it. You know, they don't have to figure that part out if you have a smart guy. So, I mean, you just got you get a bunch of rough people, honestly. Yeah. Been a lot of rough people. But, I mean, great dudes at the same time just rough and getting to share. So it was one of those where now my whole outlook mm-hmm. was like, okay, I never know the last time I'm going to work with one of these dudes or the last time I'll get to work. Who knows how stuff's going to, you know, unfold. Right. So my urgency now, like you said, like it changed the rest of that summer. Yeah. And I was sharing and talking with dudes. And dudes were so, like, you're never going to force it. Like, hey, I know I just met you, but uh, you believe in God? You go to church anywhere around here? And they're like, oh, my gosh, not this guy. Like, never like that. But yeah. You just talk naturally. And they start seeing, like, a little different. They ask you about things. Yeah. And they find out you're a Christian. Like, oh, man, like, I've been in church in years. I know I need to get back. Whatever it is. And yeah. you get to talk. And it was one of those where, okay, like, as you go, make disciples. And just like getting to see like what you've been able to do. And honestly, it's like, I love the job. I don't know why I never thought I'd love like moving. Yeah. But man, you get so close with dudes, especially when you take this long out of state trip across the country or you're working 17 hours in a day. And then you're seeing like stuff happen, like life stuff happens, but like the way you react yeah. opposed to the way when it's something you work with will react yeah. and they see the difference. And so it's one of those where, okay, I don't have to be like in vocational ministry. I don't have to be a pastor. I don't have to go overseas. Like wherever I'm at right now today, right. I've got to be faithful to sharing the gospel. Because nobody else is going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like, yeah, you're the like, only you're Christian the there. Yeah. yeah. Add some pressure to that too. Like if they don't hear from you, they're, they're not going to hear it there at least, you know? Right. Absolutely. So it's just one of those where that was kind of one of those lessons that was, okay, people want to know. Like I think about the Ecclesiastes, I think it's Ecclesiastes 3.11 where mm-hmm. it's like he talked about a couple of the things, but he said how eternity has been written on the heart of every man. Right. And that's one thing I've thought about a lot this last year, just sharing. Because I worked at a restaurant in Memphis and just got to share a ton of people. I had a couple people come to church with me. Great time. Mm-hmm. It's like people want to know. People are genuinely. Why do, why do you think that is? I know eternity's written uh-huh. on our hearts, but like. Um, I think either you don't know your purpose. Yeah. So you want to figure it out. Cause I think we all know like we're finite by nature. So right. I, I don't want to not fulfill my purpose be on my deathbed right. with a bunch of regrets yeah. or you know your purpose and you're not fulfilled. So I think it's one of those where they go, there's gotta be more, there's right. gotta be more to this. Like yeah. this wasn't the answer. I thought it would be this, which is one thing I will say there's one quick thing to kind of topic the first point I made. Uh-huh. I heard a great quote when they passed the marriage equality act, Supreme court ruled five, four 
in June of 2015 mm-hmm. for marriage equality. And of course, Christians, we all thought it was a bit of feat. Like, wait, we just legalized gay marriage. Right. And I want to say it was Russell Moore. Cause I heard the quote from somebody. And I think they were speaking about Russell Moore who right. was like, he's, he's like a Christian guy in charge of some different stuff. But, uh, he was talking about how we have to be very careful, like right now with how we were approaching that, because he was saying that at some point they're going to realize they thought that was the answer mm-hmm. and they're going to realize at some point that still didn't fix the problem. Yeah. And if the church shunned them and made them feel wow. like hurt early on because we were being sore losers about a Supreme court decision, right? when they realize they're not fulfilled and that wasn't the answer, they're not going to want to come back to the church. Yeah. Now, if you do, if you can go about it the right way, which is also, that's hard. Very, mm-hmm. I mean, you got to walk a, a tightrope doing that um, between like condemnation and be like, oh yeah, no, anything goes like, you know, do what right. you want. But if you can do that like the right way, when they do realize, oh, I thought, I thought that the only reason I wasn't fulfilled or I thought this would like full tap into that last little like 10% of my identity I couldn't get into. Yeah. It's the fact I could marry somebody that I wanted to marry and have loved. Right. But then you do that and you realize you're in the same spot. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're not going to return to the church now if they hurt you. And that was one of those where it was like, boom, that's killer. Right. That is so good. So, yeah, absolutely. What would you say? Uh, you know, we'll have to do it. I have to bring you back on. We'll have to do an episode of like, Dude, you got to come on cattle call too. We'll have yeah. to do an episode of like following Christ in politics and where's the Ooh. thin line and the balance of that. Man, we won't yeah. get into it right here, but that's something to put yeah, in note tough. for the future. One last question for yeah. you um, that I thought of when you're talking about sharing the gospel with that guy. Um, what's the hardest part of sharing the gospel for you? And th- this encompasses like mm-hmm. everything from, Hey, how are you to, Hey, you're going to hell. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, there's the broad range. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, hardest part, like as a yeah, just a part whole. you find more difficult. I heard um, Ray Comfort, if you've never heard of oh, him, I know, great yeah. evangelist. He says, you know, uh, sharing the or evangelism is as pleasant as a root canal. So like uh, you know, everyone hates <laughs> it, no matter if you can articulate yeah. well or not. Like, like no, it's it's because it's not. Uh-huh. It just doesn't. No, I mean you you have to tell somebody that they need to repent. Yeah. Believe it, they're going to hell. That's not a fun conversation. Yeah, man. I I guess hardest hardest part. I mean, of course, it always depends on the context. Absolutely. Um, I think if it's like a large group of people like street evangelism, oh, man. it's finding that. like the person to share with. Yeah. Because in certain contexts, dude, you can throw a rock and it's somebody you need to share the gospel with. Mm. But then it's like, well, I mean, is the spirit like prompting me to share with this person or this person? I know times there's been stories I could tell at a different time about like you really wanted to force one, mm-hmm. but you had to have a conversation with someone else. Like the first time I ever shared with Muslims was one of those where I was oh, really trying yeah. to force with some people that I'd probably right. be comfortable with. Never shared with Muslims. They were all clearly Muslims. They're from Saudi right. Arabia, you know, anyway. And so you, maybe one yeah. of those, like, but when you don't feel that like real strong urging, mm-hmm. then you go, well, who do you share with? And then I think it's also, cause I like to like, just get to know the person, just talk to them. Mm-hmm. But I think it'd be like, how, long do you need to get to know them before you can start doing it right because like you can't come right out hey man yeah. like because they give like different tactics like you know right. if you're gonna share the gospel with a stranger then you can go up and be like hey can i ask you some religious questions and you're like ah that may work for a couple of you because someone came up and asked me that on a yeah. bench or you at, on a bench you'd yeah. probably be like yeah let's hear it right but dude if someone's sitting there like on their ipad chilling right you know drinking a coffee like odds are right like dude come on get out of here like i don't want i don't want to do religious questions right but also you don't want to go in like hey man just 
just get to know the person and talk like, oh, it's NBA playoffs. So you're right. going for who you like. What else do you do? Blah, 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 blah. And then next thing you know, you just did 25 minutes of small talk introduction stuff. And then now you can't even bring like you have to bring it right. up very like unnaturally now and just mm-hmm. force it in at the end of a conversation. So I think it'd be of like in terms of like if it's a group of people, then it'd be like who right. who needs to hear it right now? Like who's the spirit leading me to? Yeah. And then naturally bringing it up. I don't know. It, it's exciting. Like it, probably your favorite part when you're done with the conversation, honestly. And you're, you're like you're, sweating. You're, yeah, you know what I mean? Oh, dude, you're done. Like, all right, well, I mean, that's it now. Like that's, even if I do nothing else for a night, I had a productive evening. Absolutely. Like I, I just share the gospel with somebody. Absolutely. And I can't say anything stupid now cause they're gone. You know, like that, that was it. We're good. Heart rate can come back down. But I mean, I don't know. I guess, I guess the hardest, yeah, is just bringing it up naturally. Cause people want to know, people want to yeah. hear, but if you don't, I don't know. Like if you don't care about them as a person and I think like, you know, yeah. most Christians generally do like, they do care about what you're interested in, what your family's like, mm-hmm. where you're from, what you do, just who you are, like right. what makes you, you like, if you don't care about that, if you just want like, Hey, let's just talk religion. So I can like share this little illustration yeah. with you that I just, you're not, just, you're, you're not showing Christ love. You're just telling about it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I guess hard is like trying to find how do you do that? And then how quickly do you transition? And if it's a friend, just being ongoing, you yeah. know, like it's, just, it's just tough, man. Mm-hmm, absolutely. It, to, to, to quote Ray Comfort one last time, because it's uh-huh. funny, you talk about relational evangelism. He says, you know, some people say, well, I only believe in relational evangelism. If you don't know what that means, generally it means, you know, you build a relationship uh-huh. or a friendship over a long term, and then you share the gospel with them through that when you, you know, it's more comfortable. And he said, relational evangelism. He goes, yeah, I mean, I believe in that. I build a relationship in like two minutes, but yeah. <laughs> it's kind of what you said. <laughs> yeah, he, he's figured it out, man. That dude's bold. Dude. Yeah, if you haven't seen him, anyone listening, dude, that guy is, my roommates will just sit there and watch him while they're cooking or eating or something. Yeah, you just hear this crazy New Zealand preacher. You've yeah. got, you got to turn or you're going to burn. Yeah, like I said, so like he's like, so you're a, a like a fornicating, lying thief. What if, mur- if you're like, said, oh what do you gosh. do if you uh, what do you call yourself if you ever stolen something? I'm a thief. You're a lying thief. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, so <laughs> clever. <laughs> oh, I gosh, love him though. Good guy. He's awesome. Well, um, this is kind of the end of yeah. the first ever kind of not guest interview, but uh-huh. this interview series that we're doing, Isaac O. Weston, thank Come you so now. much for coming on. And yeah, listeners, man, thank, you. thank you for checking us out. Thank you for listening to Isaac here. Be sure to share this episode. If you know Isaac, give him a shout out. You know he did a great job in this episode. Um, you can find Isaac on Instagram at Isaac O. Weston. Sure. But his Twitter is different because he didn't. He wasn't yeah. feeling the, the middle that name was, letter. That was before, yeah. I think my name itself <laughs> was that, but like your handle... I think it may have been taken at the time or something. I well, don't remember. I think the cattle call blew up and somebody took your oh, username. That pro- that's probably it, dude. That's probably it. <laughs> so does cattle call, y'all have a website or where, where can they find the podcast at? Uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts except for Pandora, they still won't. Mm-hmm. I'm at like eight weeks waiting for approval on that almost. Um, What's the podcast about? Uh, interview style. And so the kind of goal of that is just to see where people like differ, but also where we unite. A lot of stuff's going on in the world. Right. And a lot of cancel culture, not a fan of that. <laughs> and I mean, I just, yeah. like if we're all God's creation, we already have something in common, whether you're like following God or not, you're still God's creation. So there's going to mm-hmm. be instances where, you know, Oh, I believe in being good instead of bad, or I want to leave this earth better than how I found it. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of re- like religions that are teaching that or a lot of just philosophies or worldviews that teach that. But then also there's a lot of stuff that makes us different. It's like what makes different religions different or that. So I kind of want to focus on what people do, like who they are as a person what they do, like their area of expertise, you know? So like if you had a podcast, we talk about that. Like my, my friend I did last night, she, uh, 
uh, works in public relations. Mm-hmm. She's a marathon runner. Oh, she really? travels. She does right. Awesome. So she's done some, some pretty broad stuff. Yeah. That's what makes her her and here's some of her stories, but also, okay, here's just like tips and like tools of the trade. Yeah. But then also like, you know, what your because of those things you are as a person and what you do and what you've learned and what you're passionate about, mm-hmm. how does that like mold your view of things, whether it's your perspective on like a, you know, an issue or a, like a political topic yeah, or just like a religion or like who God is, whatever it is. So the kind of the goal is to find how we all unite, but then also like what is the kind of stuff that makes us different? Cause even when you differ odds are you're really, you're not that polarized because the media and everyone's going to make you right. seem like we're all polarized and divided. Right. Like, you know, talking with people about even stuff like that Kenosha, Wisconsin stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Now I talked with a buddy and we were com- on pl- complete different ends of the spectrum on one of the issue. We talked it through and we agreed with everything except for like one small point. And you're like, well, we're really not that divided, mm-hmm. you know? And really we agree with each other more than we realize. So that's kind of the goal of the podcast is to start seeing how people do it. So I just interview different people to do different things. And it's a cattle call. It's a mass audition. It's open to the public. You don't have to be a certain type of person to try out. Is what the original context <laughs> was. They, so I want anyone. And on. what type of cattle is this? Is this? It looks like a. It's not a Texas Longhorn because it's no. curved. What is that, dude? I see. I got the ceramic. It's from California, but I think it's like a Mexican artist okay. has made the ceramic steer head that I have on my wall at home mm-hmm. in uh, Nashville. And I kind of base it off of that design. I don't know. It's probably more like a. I don't know, like a Hereford or something like that. <laughs> I dig it though. And so but, you should definitely check it out. You can get on Apple so, yeah. Podcasts and Spotify. Yeah, Spotify, and YouTube, Cattle Call, yeah, Google, iHeartRadio, anything. Weston. He is Cattle everywhere. You'll, you'll be on sometime soon. Oh, dude. I can't wait for uh, your agent to reach me. out to my agent yeah. and my people. So, uh, <laughs> man, we are so famous. Yes, yeah. we are. Well, people, thank you for listening yeah. to another episode of the Long Run Podcast. As always, Hey, be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I don't even think that's possible on Spotify, but do it on Apple Podcasts. And if you're looking for more episodes or the video portion of these interviews and things, you can go to www.thelongrunpodcast.org and click the YouTube You're link. .org? Yeah, we're .org. Okay. I'm .com. .com was taken. Oh, there it is. Okay, gotcha. Actually, it was just really expensive. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll crowdfund for it. We'll raise yeah. some money for it. <laughs> Sweet, man. All right, guys, we will see you next week. <laughs>